All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. Welcome uh, to the first ever Innovation Crush. Innovation Crush? Um, I have a weird echo, but uh, I did not change my voice. My name is Chris Denson. Um, Twitter. I'm sorry, hold on. Oh, yes? What do you mean? What's that? What's the echo? No. See? That was a joke. Because he sa- I said innovation. Thank you, Sean. I thought you were I said innovation crush. Robert said an innovation crush. And that was my echo joke. Um, now we have third degree. You crushed it. <laughs> I crushed it. Yeah. Um, Robert Donez Jr. That's uh, me. Uh, uh, my, my trusty steed. I'm going to ride you on this show. Okay. Um, it's inappropriate. Uh, no, I'm sorry. So for those of you who are tuning in, Innovation Crush is the latest and greatest and best in innovation and marketing and products and just cool ideas and a lot of the cool people behind them. Um, sitting with us today is Charles Lee. Say hello, Charles. What's up, guys? Hey. Woo-hoo. All right. Do you want to echo as well? Do you want to echo? Wanna... Echo. Oh, thank you. Woo-hoo. Don't worry, Sean. Uh, we're okay. okay. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, thank you for joining us today. Um, how does it feel to be the first ever guest on Innovation Crush? I'm getting a little bit stressed. I, I don't want to mess this up. For you. You, might, you might lose some potential subscribers here. Don't worry. I'll, I will mess it up for all of us. Um, you may not get any more business after this awesome. uh, interview. So uh, I apologize. Um, so tell us a little bit, just for introduction's sake, um, who is Charles Lee? Well, um, the... Short version is, um, I guess my life mission would be to reduce the percentage of people who take their ideas to the grave. So the reason for my company, everything that I do, all revolves around that concept is there's so many ideas out there. Yes. Um, but ultimately, what really, you know, quote unquote, changes the world uh, is the fact that you do something with it. Ideas are impotent without action. So Robert is also impotent, about. by the way. <laughs> for many other reasons. What? <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. And what would you say is you as an individual, or you as you know your company? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into that in a second. But what is your personal brand? You know, how would you how would you define? Yeah, usually people brand? connect me with the concept of idea making, which is this notion of taking a concept and implementing it well. So that's the area I studied philosophy in grad school and kind of mixed it with business and came out cool. and wanted to help people take these like abstract thoughts and make a reality, whether it's a product, service, brand, uh, those kinds of things. How, do, how well do f- philosophy and business mix? <laughs> you know, that's what my parents ask. They're, they're, they're on- <laughs> because they were paying for it? They're exactly. Like, Wait they're, a second. <laughs> they're entrepreneurs, um, longtime entrepreneurs and and the reality is, like, I think good business requires good thinking, clear thinking. And so a lot of people make uh, a lot of mistakes uh, in taking a concept and 
and skipping a few steps and thoughts yeah. <laughs> and trying to kind of wing it or trying to implement. They may we'll have figure it out. Exactly. So <laughs> I want to I wanna, uh, help people bridge some of those gaps. Nice. So your company is called Ideation, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of iterations of ideation. It's a yeah. tough phrase to get out, <laughs> iterations of ideation. Um, you know, if ideation is, I was thinking about this earlier, it's one yeah. of those words that some people have never heard of in their life, like, right. it's a what? Um, it, matter of fact, on like spell check, it doesn't even, it gives you the red yeah, underlines. Right. So does copywriting, by the way. Really? Which is really weird. Unless I keep Ironic, spelling yeah. it wrong. But it, yeah, there's certain words that computers just do not know. Should uh, we get Siri to? Yes, on, Siri. On the podcast? How do you spell it? It just, it just blows up. Okay. Um, so, like, how, how, when you go into a room, how do you explain that as yeah. a service, right? How do you explain yeah. ideation as a service? And you've also got, you know, books and a conference yeah, and so yeah. on and so forth. So um, so basically the word ideation is really uh, describing the process of idea, idea implementation, idea development or making. So it's not just having an idea. I like that word because it, it describes the process in which you take an idea. You're getting Robert hot, by the way. That's, what, that's why his jacket's coming Dude, off. Yeah. Pretty soon the shirt's going to come off. Uh, I'm next. And it's gonna yeah. be, What's Whoa. this like? Shirts coming off, <laughs> impotent. What, what's going on here, man? Hey, man, we have an innovation crush on you. <laughs> we do. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so I, I forget what we were talking about. Oh, ideation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so basically, what our company does is our little tag is we make good ideas remarkable or worth making a remark about. In this over concentrated white noise kind of world of marketing, I think what really cuts through all of the sometimes the crap that's out there is that when person A tells person B about something and makes a remark about it, it cuts through everything. And so we like to create products and services and help companies kind of scale in their business design and really coming to terms with who they are and how to best leverage who they are for what they want to do. Right. And then allow them to scale with a consistent brand, uh, the brand that's ever growing with the company. So that's what our what we do is we show up and help people not only gain... gain Invited, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> not <laughs> only sure. brand clarity... Uh, but also figuring out how do you integrate the brand within the culture of a company as well as its external engagements with its customers. So give us an example because, I mean, it sounds like a big scope of work, right? Like uh, to go in and be like, we're going to do everything for you guys. But, you know, from what would be an example, uh, you know, I don't know how many case studies you have that you can discuss, but uh, we'd love to hear like in in action. Yeah, one one would be is we um, have one of our clients clients and uh, they've given me permission to kind of share a little bit of their story is a company called Case Crown. They make cases and they've been a top seller on Amazon for a lot of different case categories for phones and tablets and so forth. And uh, we went in and they started young startup. They quickly grew to 50 employees. Uh, They were one of the top ranked and uh, they're, you know, they're pretty successful for a startup. Right. Uh, but they, what they had realized in the process is they had not created a great, healthy, necessarily a, a culture. And uh, with the case, they really wanted to see uh, what the possibilities would be of uh, refocusing the brand where it would have a strong, like a social uh, social good element right. to their identity. So we came in and we just finished like an 18-month process of actually walking them through. We did everything from brand clarity to also tweaking their business design. So we figured out, you know, exactly how they were going to approach the public right. uh, with their new brand of being socially conscious. And so we, we kind of walked them through different elements of it. 
Uh, and they use this really to manage even some of their outside vendors. Huh. So there's this notion like that came up about, I don't know, it was like maybe six, seven years ago by people like Marty Neumeyer, yep. who wrote the book The Brand Gap, where he talks about a uh, chief brand officer, you know, somebody who can understand strategy business-wise, mm-hmm. but has backgrounds in marketing, advertisement, those kinds of things, uh, where these are now C-level, becoming C-level positions where you manage the brand, both the internal brand as well as how the brand engages outside vendors. So they used us to like even manage projects like redesigning their office space. I mean, we didn't right. do it, but we knew their brand and we kind of uh, curated and also uh, made sure that whatever was done by outside vendors yeah. were done well. Well, it's so important. I mean, when you say that, because when you look at brand, right, uh, you know, so many companies are making good at making a product, yeah. but they're not good at making a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, I always find that the difference is is sort of the brand is what gives you direction. Yeah. Right? It, like we are this. We have clearly defined ourselves. We've defined ourselves not only internally, but to the world yeah. where a lot of entities will go. You know, you start grabbing at other opportunities that may not fit the brand because they sound like good opportunities. Yeah. And it's funneling and getting into like, okay, here's here, this is what we stand for. These are the organizations that we can align with or vendors yeah. or, you know, other people. And, you know, so it sounds like ideation goes in and defines that culture mm-hmm. and how it lives in other, other means. Yeah. And if we're really successful, ultimately, we want to be out of there. Right. Is that I think in an ideal scenario, you create either a point person or a point team to start managing some of these brand right. related elements. So uh, we do that. And and brand is tricky because, I mean, at the end of the day, the brand sits in the minds of the your customers. Right. right. So it's not what you say it is. It's actually what they say it is. Yep. But you can navigate and maybe facilitate an environment where your customers will be more prone to think a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can't force them. Uh, which is the world we live in now. Well, you can't force behavior, right? Like yeah. it's a lot of people go like, oh, we're going to get them to do X, Y, and Z. And yeah. you're like, no, you're not. Exactly. <laughs> like you're going to do what they do in your way, yep. yeah. you know, in a way that's relevant to to those individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of disappointed because I didn't get to do my just in case joke. I, I had one in my <laughs> head. When you, hey, like I work with cases. I wanted, I wanted to do a, well, just in case, but I, I didn't even think it through. So you, you kind of saved me. Um, uh, so there is also, you know, another prong of, of you is uh, this ideation conference. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I got a, I got a chance to go. I think, I don't know, maybe it was the second or third yeah, one you yeah, did. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, ideation conference uh, was something I started a few years ago. It was more of a side passion. I had worked in a couple of nonprofit organizations right. prior to starting ideation. And and uh, there was this kind of this disconnect between where I saw like businesses doing good and nonprofits doing good. And uh, the reality is a lot of great companies do a whole lot of good in our world. They usually don't get the press. For example, like, uh, you know, one case scenario is like a major bank here in Southern California, a national bank. You would know them. Um, they, um, they would write a check to like, say, the Boys and Girls Club for like $300,000. Right. Mm-hmm. But no one would ever hear about it. Right. You know? Yeah. And why they would. Yeah. Why, why is it? There's this disconnect. And it's not just a PR deficiency, but. Um, and they would want to do good, but all companies would normally do is they would give money. Right. And then you have all these innovative nonprofits trying to figure stuff out. And yet, you know, there are some areas where they lacked it, lacked business acumen. So I created an ideation conference that brings together leading brands as well as leading organizations to share best practices. Right. I think nonprofits can learn a lot about business through 
leading brands yeah. and businesses. Yeah. And I think brands can learn a lot about how do you move people to do something they're passionate about? Because I think and not by gunpoint. Yeah. <laughs> that that just, could. It could work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the the idea is like how does a brand move their customers and I it's not just about like cause marketing, but for me it's like cause integration. Right. How do you get them to a place where, you know, you actually your your services and products actually betters our world? And quite honestly, a lot of a lot of products it, it may of course it's like bottom line driven. Yeah, still produce make make our lives more comfortable. You know, there's a lot of value add to culture right. that happens with brands. So, uh, it's a, it's a conference that brings those worlds together. So give it, give us some examples. I, I think when I was there, there was a was it Esther Havens? Is that yeah? Somebody, she's a, like a really awesome photographer, yeah. um, and has been all over the world mm-hmm. and kind of doing cause related photography, yeah. but really beautiful stuff. Uh, there was someone from Tom Shoes, yep. uh, one, and I think it was right after they yep. unboxed their sunglasses yep. like that year. Um, I'm I'm doing your interview for you, but give us <laughs> give us some so other examples. I know, yeah, exactly. And there's a meal, and you know, there's tap dancing, and uh, we dug somebody up from the grave. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I just you know just to kind of put it out there, like it, it's it's really exciting to get thinkers in a room talking about what they think about and what they do. Yeah. So we, we've had folks like, for example, uh, this past year in Chicago, uh, we had, um, um, you know, the executive director of Google.org. Uh, she was there talking about what kind of organizations they'd like to work with mm. on, on behalf of Google. We've had folks from the White House there talking about uh, what small businesses mean right. um, to uh, creating change in community. Uh We've had like Scott Harrison of Charity Water come in and talk about his story because they've done a phenomenal job of, in the world of charity, rebranding charity. Right. Um, and well, that's, a, that's know, actually a really important point because, you know, even with how you started the conversation off, it's like CSR has kind of become cool, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, like, why do you think that is? You know, is it because are people are their actions more visible via social media and yeah. you know digital platforms and like oh well they just spilled a bunch of oil like oh well you know what we also pet babies um <laughs> what <laughs> why like why do you think that's kind of like blown up as a as sort of a focus yeah I, I think like corporate social responsibility I think customers I think just kind of the overall like social consciousness of people uh, especially you know it's literally around the world but specifically in the U.S. has definitely risen where people grow up knowing that they have a platform to talk about companies they love and why. Right. right. Now, whether or not, like, I mean, I got to say, like, companies have, good companies anyway, have done a lot towards good throughout history. So right. I don't want to make it sound like companies before this whole CSR didn't do anything. Well, yeah, no, you know? I just think publicly, right? Like, yeah. it, you know, like you said, they used to write a check to, yep. which is great, give them $300,000, yeah. but... You know, but now they're active participants, yeah. which is I think that's a slightly different skew on on the same thing. Yeah, I think what happens, like for example, inside of a company, uh, you have the uh, often like the philanthropic, the philanthropy right. wing, and then you have the marketing wing, right? Yeah, and those two wings have traditionally been really siloed. For example, a good example of this was uh, Toyota. They had the hundred cars for good campaign where they picked a uh, hundred organizations to give a vehicle to. And in the process, they helped them with social media. They helped them with you know, how to think about marketing. And uh, the Toyota had a hard time. I met with the director of that, um, you know, a little, about two years ago. And okay. what he was talking about was he's like, the company didn't know where to put this effort in. Is it a marketing effort to kind of improve the brand? 
Right. Or, you know, or does it fit in philanthropy? Right. And the tension has always been there, but now, and that's why I think people are starting to create, like, what does corporate social responsibility look like? Right. Because sometimes, you know, not every company, but often when it ends up in philanthropy, it takes a long time to get things approved and moving and putting dollars behind it. And appropriately so, because there's a vetting system towards where you give philanthropically. Yeah. Uh, On the flip side, marketing dollars are easier to access sometimes. And I feel like corporate social responsibility kind of could sit in between. Yep. And they're trying to navigate what this means for the brand, what this means for their philanthropy. And so it's a new reality, but I think it's blowing up because people are going, man, I, I can find out because of things like Google and other. Well, how do you, how, like, how do these brands pick, pick causes that relate to them? Because, right? like, I mean, there are thousands upon yeah. thousands of needs, yeah. right? And then, you know, is it the CEO's personal thing that he cares about that maybe not yeah. doesn't even match the brand principles at all or are brand principles even important here is this, or you know what? I, I think the smart companies are saying that they probably want to stay close to what's core their core competency so Toyota giving away cars makes sense right. them giving away iPads may not make sense. Right. Everybody gives away iPads. Right. You know? (laughs) So I I can win one right now if I just log on to (laughs) uh, some weird website. So you you could pick, you know, you could uh, pick, and I think that people are getting smarter. It's like you can't give, like, even like large companies like PNG, they have this long standing relationship with United Way. That's like their charity. Right. So I I think for uh, for a lot of companies, whether it's out of convenience, because maybe you have a thousand requests. Right. um, But I think. Companies, they probably my my um, you know advice to most companies is like find some organization that naturally fits your core competency that you can deliver not only cash right. and donations but also you know goods and services. Well, right. the, the Denson Foundation is a good one. Right? They do a lot of really really cool things. Um, so you're also an author. Um, what what is your book entitled? What it's, what's it about? Yeah, uh, I've never read it. I know because I know you. I know that How you wrote it. How dare you? Oh, I'm just I'm being honest. This is an yeah. honesty show. Um, no, just like give yeah. us a little. Actually, Robert was the one who didn't didn't read it. I, 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 I read it. Oh. I, I actually did. I oh. even wrote the spark notes on it. So. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's it's around idea surprise. Uh, it's called Good Idea. Now what? Right. And it's all about taking an idea into implementation. And I wrote it for busy people like yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written in 40 short ADD chapters. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, and it's the idea, like, for Are some there of pictures? us, uh, there's some, like, <laughs> charts and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. it's written for people who, like, for me, like, there are books that I, I if I have time, I'll sit down and enjoy. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, man, give me the Cliff Notes. Remember Cliff Notes in yes. school? Yep. Like, give me that version of a book. Yeah, and so what I did was instead of having you know sometimes you don't need five stories to get the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, a lot of chapters are really you can read it five to ten minutes. Those are like Malcolm Gladwell books. Like I'll, I'll pick up a, mm-hmm. Mac, a Malcolm Gladwell book and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like it's like the second, third page, yeah. you know, each chapter. And like I don't need you to expound on this concept <laughs> for another four hundred pages. Well, he's a great storyteller. No, so. no offense. <laughs> We're, I think we're trying to book him on the Hey, Malcolm, this show. is Chris Benson. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> but it's 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 really written where there's like maybe one short story or half a story. Right. Some bullet points on, hey, here's some real principles you can walk away with and some advice on, here's the next steps. So yeah. it's designed to keep people like keep moving. Like it tricks you into like you, you, you read it and you go, man, I could do that. 
Right. And you, you're already at the next chapter. Right. And I could do that. So it's it's a pretty sneaky little book. It's like um, baby steps. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't. How did I get over here? Yeah. Um, how is the book doing? Like, and uh, I know last time we talked, it was yeah. it was doing pretty well. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, more and more. I mean, books have this cycle of life where randomly I'll get emails from like either companies or organizations like, hey, our team just went through it, or and it's it's starting to you know it continues to gain momentum and it really like hit and miss like randomly, mm-hmm. you know, somebody will order you know. Several so hundred copies or your, something like that. Your internal process, right? Like you're running a company. Yeah. How, how big is ideation now? Uh, it's still for relatively small. Okay. Yeah. So you're running a company. You've got you know pretty sizable clients and things mm-hmm. that you're doing. You've got the ideation conference that happens yearly. How, like how in, in all that do yeah. you like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write a book. And, you know, and, and how does that come to? You know, it? I've always been a believer that you're going to make time for things you value. And for me, that was a project that, you know, I thought, I had all these thoughts in my mind. I've been blogging for years about ideas, and I thought I could bring it together. Right. So literally, that book wouldn't have happened if uh, one I didn't have a publisher that was interested. <laughs> okay. uh, so they approach, you know, right. you know, Wiley's really reputable in business books, yep. and, and they came and said, "Hey, I want we want you to write a book." And then I gave myself a deadline, and I said, "What can I really push out?" And I just kind of, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book itself is it's better to launch with like eighty percent than to have ninety five and never launch. Right. True. You know, That's some true. people sit on it. They're almost there. The yeah. book's almost done. So I said, forget it. If And I love writing. So that, that was an bo- added right. bonus. But I said, I can give myself three months and I'm going to finish it. Did it blow your mind that your book was an exercise in your own principles? Yep. It's, yeah. It's yeah, blown totally. Mind. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I guess I should do it too. Yep. Um, so kind of just on the on – the, um, on the general marketing side, right? Yeah. Like what are some of the trends that you see that, you know, that are out there and you're like that, you know, either someone that's executed something awesome or yeah. just an awesome trend that you see and you like, I mean, what I love is so many uh, established companies are going through rebrands. I think it provides a lot. When you see like companies like Ernst and Young, right. The YMCA, the Girl Scouts. I don't know if you've what? seen a rebrand. <laughs> Girl, my, my, Girl Scouts. I have an, I have an eight-year-old who is a Girl Scout. Okay. And yes, I, I, don't, well, I don't know what it was before yeah. she joined the Girl, Girl Scouts. Well, they, they did little things like if you look at the Girl Scout, like say the, their logo with mm-hmm. three, you know, um, shadows of the of the girls there. Right. Uh, they did little things like they made their uh, lips perkier. Their nose is sharper. Really? And if you look at their ads, they're more like teen magazine ads now. Than they once were, right? And in some essence, they're trying to recapture kind of this like cool. Be, it's cool to be a Girl Scout, right? And so they kind of went through this uh, rebrand. But you know, overall, it's encouraging that even like established organizations are recognizing that you know the reason that customers and donors, if you're running a nonprofit, are connecting is because of lifestyle. Like uh, one example is if you're going down a supermarket and you see like say a row of peanut butter or something like that. Um, mm, peanut butter. That sounds good, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds even better with a deep voice. Uh, well, I'm hungry too. Right? <laughs> I know you saw me eating when you walked in. I'm like, I'm still hungry. I'm a key, the whole, actually, this whole time I've been thinking about my food and that's out there. So. That's awesome. Thanks for acting like <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job, though, right? Uh, just <laughs> yeah. Peanut butter. <laughs> but the reason people are, are gravitate a particular uh, package of peanut butter is packaging. They're not even reading content. So the idea is that I think the quicker people feel like your brand can resonate with my lifestyle or at least the lifestyle I want, right. there's a capture there. And a lot of that has to do with visual design and those kinds of things. Right. But visual design only makes sense if you have something deeper 
that is connected to it. And you, well, I was, was going to say, because I think a lot of it also is authenticity, right? Yeah. Like, it, especially with the transparency of information nowadays, yeah. and people can find out anything at any given time. It's like, yeah. look at McDonald's and the pressure they've been under, yeah. you know, let's call it the last eight to 10 years or whatever to improve their products and yeah. improve what they put out in the marketplace and and do a better job. Yes, McDonald's is fun, you know, and it sounds like great to go play in the balls, which, yeah. you know, I, I was doing earlier <laughs> this week. Um, and they kicked me out. But um, Were you guys at it together? or like, what, what? I was waiting for Robert. He was supposed to come pick me up. <laughs> and then, um, you know. I was eating strange. without him. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, it, you know, or same thing with you, the peanut butter example, right? Yeah. Yes, the brand looks cool, but I think a lot more people, and I could be wrong mm-hmm. about this, it, like they are reading the ingredients. They yeah. are paying attention because you know, because you know, I have a computer in front of me that I can look up the facts on anything at any yeah. given time or receive information that I didn't even ask for about a particular product. Um, so, I mean, you're right. Just the visual design is one thing, but it's also like, how does it yeah. resonate with the brand at, at, at its core? Yeah, because you can have really cool packaging and it, you may gain their interest and get them to the next step of right. looking at it a little bit closer. Next step. And they may read the contents and go, oh, crap, it's like twice the saturated fat of the other brand. Right. Right. And so the, the, they may reject it at that point. So it's kind of a give and take. Like you have this external sense of like I can have immediate like brand. Like it's like when you're walking in a mall and you walk by a clothing store, just the external brand. But once you go in and if there's a deeper story and how it fits into your lifestyle and so forth, then you have somebody. Yeah. Right. So it kind of is both and. And so that's a flip side. The other side of like brand that's I think a negative trend is brand is becoming such a common word. Right. And people are still associating it with just like cool design. Exactly. And I think that's where it gets kind of dangerous. Where you're like, yeah, I built my brand, and it's like it's totally inconsistent. Your employees don't like working here. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. it's, and, you know, it's funny when I'm in conversations. I usually I talk about everything as, as experiences, mm-hmm. right? They're going to experience the visual sensation of that product. They're going to experience you. You know, if they go to some experiential event you've put together, they're going to experience you on Facebook. And you know, how is how are these experiences relevant? to me um so i think that's that's a great point are there any trends that you see that are like that's horrible like what you know uh, that uh, any things that you see that you you are not innovation crushing on um just still using you know old advertisement techniques of just blasting people right and just doing it on social media (laughs) (laughs) yes right yeah just uh, like the talking head yeah, kind of syndrome. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're just going to keep making noise. Hello. And- yeah. Come to our thing. Come do this. We're so awesome. You should just join us, like us, follow us. Why do people us. think that works, though? Because you'll find a lot of, you know, whether it's celebrities, brands, regular, you name it. Like, there are a lot of talking heads out there that don't, you know, they don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I, it's generally people who don't understand marketing, I think. I think it's generally people who, uh, there's a difference between like marketing and advertisement, right? right. right. Advertisement is this kind of often could be unidirectional sending of information, or but marketing is really capturing who your, what your brand is right. and even finding the right people who are already waiting for your product. Right. And I think that's a cool thing about the internet and technology. If you use it well, you can find your customers. Yeah. Um, so instead of that, it's just like, and so part of it's like, you know, lack of bandwidth, 
or laziness at times <laughs> where it's like, hey, let's just schedule 20 tweets right. or, um, you know, let's just keep blasting our people. And they forget, like, what it feels like to be on the other end. Like, they're constantly deleting emails to newsletters they're not reading. Yeah. <laughs> they're constantly unfriending people that are blasting spam. Yep. And the, the, the hypocrisy is that they're doing the very thing they hate. Right. Um, as far as, uh, well, Robert, have you, have you been in church lately? I have. Oh, when? Last Sunday. Did you go? I did. Woo. Were you there? What's your church called? What's your church called? Oasis. Mine? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> church is chicken. Church is chicken. <laughs> uh, I go to St. Joseph. Nice. Uh, which is a, this is a beautiful segue. Because uh, I do know that Charles is a man of faith, and I I wanted to ask you a little bit about your background in that and how that translates into, you know, your day-to-day business operation. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I come from a faith background, and I've been, like, so inspired by kind of the teachings and life of Jesus. Right. Um, For me, his... Uh, It's kind of interesting. Like, like, there's plenty of critics of Christianity, but very few people... Um, you know, give a bad name towards Jesus. Yes. And well, I think you, you read yeah. any book, right? Like it, yeah. it, Jesus is always referenced, whether you're reading yeah. Eckhart Tolle, you're, you know, yeah. you read uh, Wayne Dyer, any, all, like everyone quotes, you know, or just references the life of Jesus. Yeah. And so like for me, it's, I've tried to model my life in the sense of um, his ability to pay attention to people in front of him and his ability to engage and provide things that people actually needed. I think our big part of just being alive. I mean, if, if um, you know, my goal, as I said, I want to lower the percentage of people, you know, going to the grave with their ideas. Right. And it's just, it's just this idea that, look, every human being deserves dignity. Every human being, I think, uh, deserves an opportunity to live out their dreams. Right. And uh, from my worldview, I think God created us to experience life that way. So the way that impacts is, you know, sometimes it's not always good business practice, right. you know, because there are eth- ethical dilemmas that yeah. I face in whether sales or delivering products or things like that. But I feel like following someone uh, like Jesus yeah. reminds me of just kind of staying grounded. Yeah. So like in my book, at the end of the book, I asked two questions. And regardless of your faith or where you come from, the two questions was, uh, the first one is, what matters most to you? So at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and you know whether you're buried in a beautiful cemetery or right. you're cremated and thrown into the ocean, is like what matters most to you. And my my encouragement to people is whether that's your career, your family, whatever, invest in things that matter every day. And right. the second thing is what is enough. Um, so, like for example, right now I have young kids mm-hmm. and they're very busy. Right. And so I, the one of the reasons I started the company is I wanted to be able to manage my hours in a way where I know what I need right now to survive and do well. Um, and I don't necessarily need to go above that right. uh, mm-hmm. desperately in any way so that I can do what matters most where, where right now is raising my kids. So it's, it's kind of like, for me, my faith kind of grounds me and reminds me at the end of the day, if my faith is true, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I ultimately answer to God, no other human being. Right. So if I'm standing before him, I want to be able to say with a clear conscience I did what I thought mattered most um, to myself as well as to my faith. That's great. That's pretty. Uh, along those lines, I mean, you mentioned sort of whether ethical dilemmas or yeah. or even, you know, 
we're going to do an agency I worked with a while back. We're going to do something with the Boy Scouts and we're working on strategic partnerships. And they had, you know, it's a faith based organization Mm -hmm. and they have very strict guidelines by which, you know, they choose partners and choose what they do and things like that. Um, What have you ever run into any sort of opposition or, you know, like what kind of hurdles do you do you come across? Yeah, I I think for me, like for me, it's more of like uh, an internal hurdle of, you know, I've definitely been in the consulting world for a while, right. and I've seen a lot of consultants overpromise and underdeliver. Right. So it's it's very tempting in the midst of a sales engagement to say, ah, we could do that. Right. Uh, but I've really caught myself, and I've become better over the years of just saying, we probably can't do that. Do you catch yourself before or after you cash the check? <laughs> See, that's that's the dilemma, right? Right. So uh, uh, now, I, you know, I mean, quite honestly, like, I'm pretty confident that, you know, one, whatever room we walk into, whatever money a company spends on our company to help them, right. ROI is going to be greater than whatever they invest in us. And secondly, we're going to be honest up front to say, hey, here are the options. So, there, you know, a lot of times when we deal with our clients, we say, hey, here's what you probably need to do. Whether or not you use us, you should be mindful of your choices and don't let anybody else rip you off right. or give you a false sense of hope or ridiculous pricing for things that they probably can't do themselves. So uh, I think that kind of business honesty um, still, I mean, it's relatively gone in our favor. Right. And people, I, and we tell them, hey, you could check out other agencies and firms and see what they do. We, we don't mind the quote unquote the competition, but right. here's what we do well, and we know we can deliver, you know, beyond even what we say we're going to deliver. I'm sure it also resonates in like the end product, right? If you're doing a campaign totally. or you're doing something yeah. like what if if it's for Coca Cola, right? Yeah. It's it's going to resonate in their end product, so it's mm-hmm. you know that good intention kind yeah. of uh, goes through the whole the whole process. Um, Finish this phrase. It's an easy one. Don't worry. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, innovation to me is. Oh, great. Innovation to me is uh, two things. One is the ability to clarify a problem, a real problem, and two, design a practical solution. Um, um, I didn't know you were going to ask that, but I'm working on a second book on round innovation. Oh, nice. And so those are the two parts is the ability to actually clarify a problem, which is, I think, a skill set people need to develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't just feel a problem out, but you can. Act, there's some really great ways to think about problem solving. And the second part is design a solution that actually is needed. Like sometimes people build products uh, or try to solve problems um, that don't really exist right. or people don't care about. Right. It's a great solution for something yeah. that nobody cares about. A Twitter aggregator. <laughs> we have one of those, and uh, we don't need another one. <laughs> no, you're right, though. Yeah. It's, that, that, that's awesome. Um, Robert, do you have any uh, questions? Uh, favorite quote. Favorite quote. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head right now, um, two, two quotes. Uh, one, I don't know it word by word. <laughs> One is by Mother Teresa. She talks about all these things like, you know, um, people will hurt you. People will do this to you. People will do this to you. Life is going to throw all of these curveballs. And she says, love them anyway. Hmm. This notion that, you know, you have two choices. One of my friends actually advised me once, don't trust anybody. Right. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't want to live life that way. (laughs) I would rather trust people and get burned no matter how painful that is Mm -hmm. because I want to still bank on humanity. You know, and then the other thing is, uh, I think it was Ken Blanchard who says something along the effects of, um, you know, they say nice guys finish last, right? But the reality is, nice guys run a different race. 
<laughs> so this notion that ultimately my measurement of success is different from what other people are measuring. And at the end of the day, like every day, I always ask myself, can I go to bed with a clear conscience that I did my best, I produced great work, um, I kept integrity through all of that. And if I could go to bed with a clear conscience, uh, I know I'm going to be in a pretty good place. Right. So those are kind of, you know, guiding types of quotes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Grizel, how are you doing back there? Yeah, hanging out. It's great. <laughs> um, so I think that's it. Uh, you know, um, I wanted to thank you for oh, coming for out. Me. Do you have any questions for me? I don't. I'm Ooh, not. I'm not that interesting. Oh, oh, wow! Cut it out. Go ahead, Robert. Where can we get your book? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, it's you can just Google uh, "Good Idea Charles Lee" and you can get it on Amazon, Barnes, almost every. That's, that's a pretty big deal to be yeah. able to Google my name and "Good Idea" and. Did I have such a generic <laughs> generic name like Charles Lee? But you can Google my name and I'll be one of the first to nice find so. Nice. That's um, good SEO. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that took years to build. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, sh- I show up on anything. I don't even, I don't even, I'm Bing or nothing. My name comes up before yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, you Google Chris Denson, Robert Donez. And for people who are really busy, there's a, a Audible. If you go to audible.com, okay. look up Good Idea Now What. Um, uh, it's it's awesome. A Shakespearean actor reads the book. So. Oh, really? <laughs> to theme? Does he read it like... I don't know. He has a really cool, deep voice. Nice. Uh, kind of like Chris's. It. Yeah, kind of like Chris. I wish I had read that book out loud uh, for, for money. Um, and then how can people get in touch with you? Twitter? Yeah, and... just uh, everything. Just Charles, the letter T, uh, Lee.com uh, or at Charles T. Lee. Uh, once again, they could just Google Charles Land. They, they should find something related to ideation. That's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, this has been another exciting, or another first, <laughs> exciting uh, Innovation Crush podcast. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.